0: Good morning, everybody. My name is Nate Bull. I'm um, one of the people on staff at Hesed Community Church in Detroit, Michigan, and we're partners with you all. I've been here one other time. Yes, that's right. I was at Canton for something else. Yeah, so I was here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those lights are bright. Uh... Hi, uh, we're going to be talking about defining moments, and uh, we're, many of you have already started to come and visit us at Hesed. We're in Brightmoor, so that's northwest Detroit. If you want to come and hang out with us or get to know more about us, please see one of us after the service or get our contact information from the office and call us up, hang out in any way you'd like. All right, I'm going to um, put up a quote for you, and we're going to, I want to see if you guys are, have... all right, this is a quote from um, a pretty well-known biblical figure. It's my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom, and his dominion endures from generation to generation. Who do you think that was? Anybody. Just yell it out. Solomon. Solomon. Oh, it's a Bible character. (laughs) (laughs) Someone says Solomon. Daniel. Someone said Daniel. David. 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 (laughs) King Nebuchadnezzar. As you, uh, pro- if, if you're uh, familiar with the scripture, you realize that he's not probably someone that would say something like this. He, uh, when, they th- when you think about Babylon, you know, he was the king of Babylon. When you think about Babylon, you don't think kingdom of God. If someone says that nations like Babylon, it's not a good thing. Yeah. And he was the king of it. He, he ruled Babylon through the, uh, the power of the occult. Yeah. Enchanters sorcerers, witchcraft. That's how he ruled Babylon. And he he was a murderous king. How does he go from that to, it's my pleasure? Well, good, I'm glad you asked. Now, this is Daniel. (laughs) Daniel and his King Nebuchadnezzar's encounters with Daniel and then Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, but mostly Daniel. His encounters with Daniel, like, transformed him. Like he transformed his mind. So we want to talk about that a little bit because we're talking about defining moments. So what we're going to do, we're going to look quickly at Daniel. We're going to quickly look at uh, Jesus. And then we're going to quickly look at you. With For the challenge, you know, it's got to, it's got to, you got to walk out of here like, all right, I'm going to do this. That's my, that's my, so Daniel chapter 1, if you're turning in your Bibles or if you're turning on your iPhone or your Samsung Galaxy, whatever it is, <laughs> or your Note. I'm a Bible man. I like, I like the, yeah, I like the feel of that, I like, turning into it, underlining stuff. I am reading out of NIV. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his god in Babylonia and put in the treasure house of his god. The king ordered Ashpenaz chief of his court officials to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table and they were to be trained for 3 years and after that they were to enter the king's service among those who were chosen were some from Judah Daniel Hananiah Mishael and Azariah the king uh, chief official gave them new names to Daniel the name Belteshazzar to Hananiah Shadrach to Mishael Meshach and to Azariah Abednego but Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. So that's where we're going to stop for right now uh, because we're thinking about defining moments, particularly in the lives of Old Testament characters and heroes. That's uh, verse 8, so I'm going to read it one more time. Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now, just so we can all be on the same page, the the chief official you see you see in verse three, where it calls this Ashpenaz dude the chief official. Now, that word in the Hebrew language that they translate "official" is actually sa-si, which um, means to castrate. So, if you have a certain um, uh, um, version of the Bible, it may say the chief eunuch, because that's, that's, that's really what he was. He's the chief eunuch. Um, and so you have the, the remaining kingdom, Judah, because Israel has fallen uh, a few years earlier. Now, remaining kingdom, Judah, is besieged by Nebuchadnezzar, meaning he, he surrounded it. Now he goes in there. He's bossing people around, using his weight, uh, takes Young men who are either noble or from wealthy families who are really smart and understanding and wise and can pick things up quickly and takes them into his service. Now, I know a lot of commentators that, that say, and I agree, you cannot prove from Scripture that Daniel and his, and his three friends were made eunuchs, but he was brought into the king's palace under this chief official And there's also a lot of stuff in Scripture that says they may have made him a eunuch. Whatever it is, at a very young age, he is ripped from his home. He is forcibly put into the king's service, renamed, maybe made a eunuch, and he spends the rest of his days in a foreign country, not his own. Using a language, not his own. That's messed up. Yes? Yes? Yeah, that's messed up. And it says, Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. Uh, That's another way of saying, I am going to serve the Lord Most High. I want to ask you this. If you had just been stolen from your home and forced into service and maybe made a eunuch and realized you may never see your home again, won't you maybe have some uh, questions about the living God? You might have questions about his existence, about his reality. If God is really God, why in the world am I in this situation? And this is messed up. In saying that Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the king's food, you are seeing not only is he an educated young man. He also knows and understands the law. There would have been a lot of problems, according to the law of Moses, with him receiving that food from the king's table. There would have been a lot of issues. And there's uh, more than like, there's just no way he would have been able to eat it lawfully. So not only does he know the law, he actually follows it. And willing to put his own life on the line to follow it. Uh, As you realize, and maybe uh, if you haven't read Daniel in a while, uh, maybe you'll get more understanding out of what we're trying to do today if you read it later on today. In between, like, second quarter and third quarter. (laughs) Not saying you're going to go watch them, but if you do watch the Lions. We're favored heavily, by the way. Now, you have this young man. And his three friends, they resolve, I am going to serve the Lord my God, and I am going to follow his laws. And the way that their life starts to go and the favor that God gives them for that decision and the impact of their lives, uh, yes, the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but particularly Daniel, have such an impact on one of the wickedest kings ever that he can make that statement we just read. Praise be to the Lord most high. I want to tell you about this guy, the God of gods. Uh, Well, hmm, interesting. And you realize part of it has to do with miraculous things that happen in the life of Daniel and the three Hebrew boys as they encounter this king. You know some of them. If you don't, between second and third quarter, jump in and Daniel. Now, hold that in your mind. We're going to jump over to Jesus a second because if you're a believer, that means that Jesus is your rabbi. I love Old Testament and New Testament characters, and it is important that we try to espouse many of their characteristics and their integrity. But at the end of the day, it's Jesus is the bar. All right? Thank you. Jesus is our rabbi. Now we got to look at Jesus. Now, uh, before we do that, what I really want to talk about in this section is um, the gospel, the good news. Now, if I ask you to tell me, what's the good news? What's the gospel? What do you think people mostly say? Yeah. All right. Jesus died for our sins. Everybody agree that's the good news that you hear mostly? Uh, something like, um, Jesus died for your sins so that you don't have to go to hell and you can be with God forever. Something in that. Uh, or basically, the gospel of salvation from sins. The gospel of forgiveness of sins. Let's say that, okay? And that's the gospel that you hear in most North American churches and lots of churches worldwide. Jesus, and I'm not saying that that's not a good message because it's an amazing message. I don't want to go anywhere near hell. But the problem with it is even though that's good news and it really is good news, it's not the gospel that Jesus preached. Uh, This is Mark chapter 1, verse 14. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news, the gospel. that's That's what gospel means, good news. Proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So the the gospel that Jesus preached wasn't the gospel of forgiveness of sins. It was a gospel of the kingdom. The reason is sin is a byproduct of a deeper issue. So let's say, for example, um, I'm an apple tree, and you just hate apples. Like, man, I hate apples, man. I'm gonna go cut all those apples off that tree, man. Forget that tree. Come back next year and see what happens. It's gonna be some more apples, isn't it? Matter of fact, you cut that tree down, you're like, tree, you're never gonna produce apples again. Well, give it a, a, a several decades maybe, but uh, it might be. But there's a little sprout comes out. You've seen it in the woods. A little sprout might come out of the side or in the middle, and you're like, what is this tree's problem? What you got to do is go dig it out from the root. That's the way you get weeds too. Pick off the top of a weed, wait, it's going to come back. Yeah, you got to get it out from the root. And sin is not the root of the issue. Sin is a byproduct of a deeper issue, which is our independence. Now, listen, uh, remember before Genesis chapter 3, God creates all of creation and he looks at it and he says, this is, this is, Good. Wow, this is very good. Now, in this relationship that he had with the humans, while that relationship was still intact, it allowed them to do two things. Govern themselves and govern everything that God had given them authority over, which was all of the earth. And while that relationship was still intact, there was nothing but the perfect, unpenetrated kingdom of God in the earth. No sin, no sickness, no disease, no death. All that stuff was not a part of the creation because it was good. Now, Genesis 3 happens, and here comes the temptation. It really wasn't temptation into sin as we know it now because there wasn't any sin in the earth. It was a temptation from God-dependence into independence. Think about what the serpent said when it came. He said, I can't believe y'all going to die if you eat anything in this garden. Uh, Eve says, we're not going to die, but if we eat that tree, God, Elohim, has said, we, yes, we will die. Serpent says, "Check. tell me if I'm wrong. You're not going to surely die. He knows that in the day that you eat of it, you'll become like him, knowing good and evil. For yourself, really, that's what he's getting at. You want to be like God in your own strength and in your own power. You don't want God always telling you what to do. His, listen, you could be like God right now. All you got to do is go eat of that. And they go, and they step from full dependence on God into Independence. They had no desire to live life at a lower moral value. They just wanted to be like God in their own strength and power. If you think about it, that's actually the main deception behind every false religion, becoming like God in your own strength and in your own power. Because you weren't made to live independent of the life source. You're supposed to remain in the vine. Tell them, Pastor John, you're supposed to remain in the vine. You're supposed to remain fully dependent on God, on our God, the life source. So they say, okay, we would like to be like God in our own strength and power. And they step from full dependence on God into independence. And through that void that was severed, here comes the enemy. And all of a sudden, sin, sickness, disease, death, floods this earth. It was not supposed to be here. So, When Jesus comes, Jesus doesn't come preaching to the fruit of the matter, our sinfulness, even though it's a big issue. Jesus comes to the root of the matter, which is your independence. You don't want God telling you what to do. You don't want God telling you what to do. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Believe the good news, the good news. All right, so what is Jesus saying when he comes and says this? He's saying, Listen, you all are full of sin, sickness, disease, and death, and all that is not part of the creation and not part of what the Father had in mind. I, Jesus, in my earthly life, am going to be an example of the life Adam once had before he made that awful decision, that mutinous decision to step from full dependence on the Father into independence. I, in my earthly life, am never for one moment... Going to ever step from dependence into independence. And then Jesus went around Jerusalem, Galilee, Judea, Samaria, and kicked the tail out of the devil. Huh? Everywhere he went, he is destroying the works of the devil, proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand. And never once did he ever step out of full dependence on the Father. He regularly said, It's not me doing this work, it's the Father in me. He regularly said, I'm my own, I can do. I can do nothing on my own. He actually even said, I go where the Father tells me to go. You realize in John chapter 12, he said, I say only what the Father tells me to say. The Father tells me what to say and how to say it. Never once ever saying, this is what I think I'm going to do today. Always once saying, command me what to say and to do and to think. I'll do anything that you ask. Here is a human being, a man anointed by the Holy Spirit that made the decision that was the decision, the decision, which is I am only going to do what the Father tells me to do. And then whip the devil's tail all over and then turned to his disciples and said, you are supposed to live this same way. I do want you to realize that the gospel of forgiveness of sins is really, 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 really good news. But it is a... Uh, portion of the bigger news, and there is a reason I feel that the gospel of forgiveness of sins is popular in American churches, because it sells better, I'm sorry to say it, it sells better than this, because listen, this is, this is the options now. Come to Jesus, all your sins are forgiven, he'll take you any way that you are, there's nothing you can do to separate yourself from that love. Thank you. Here's gospel of the kingdom. Come to Jesus. He has forgiven your sins. He takes you just as you are, and you can come and experience the love of the Father. But now that you're here, your life is not your own. You were bought at a price, and the life you now live, you live to the glory of God the Father, and anything that he asks you to do, your only response is going to have to be, amen. That doesn't sell. That doesn't sell. That doesn't sell. Because people want to live independent from the rule and reign of God. Think about it, a little four or five year old, you're like, I'll help you with your shoe. And they said, no, I can do it myself. That's what they do right away, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, I want to drive by myself. Depending on what culture you're from, I want my own house. I want my own, I want to live. Man, your son's 23 and he's not independent. We celebrate Independence Day. everything in our culture, shoving us, showing us, you be strong in your own power, make it up in your own mind. And Daniel and Jesus and many, many people of God's ever since then, resolved, I'm only going to follow God most high and I'll do anything that he says. This, this, this defining moment, where did I put it? Do did I, did I got resolve in there? All right, resolved. it's the word Sorry, that's all right. Sha to, set, to put sat lay or put a lay upon, lay violent hands on so it's like a violent like a I am only going to serve the Lord my God. ha Ooh, that felt good. <laughs> that little uh, at the end of. Uh, my God. Because sometimes that's what you have to do. But I want you to know that Daniel and the power in his life was the the defining moment, in my my own personal opinion. The defining moment in Daniel's life was after everything was going wrong and his his world is turned upside down. He's like, Adonai, are you even real? But... I don't care what I feel like doing. I am only going to serve the Lord my God. And they wanted to know why he's so wise and understanding. But Proverbs tells us the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. No wonder that he became one of the most influential government officials in all of Babylon. No wonder he is encountering the king himself and, and, and the king himself is bowing down to Daniel and praising Daniel's God this is the kind of stuff that we should expect to happen when you step back into the relationship that Jesus exhibited for us that Adam once had and that Daniel also tried to live in. I am yours to command, period. Now, Now we're coming to the third part, which is you. I wanna ask you, in all sincerity, do you live gospel of forgiveness of sins or do you live kingdom? Gospel of forgiveness of sins is great fire insurance and I am so excited to look into your eyes when we get to the great by and by. It's so good to see you, brother. It's so good to see you, sister. Thank you, I'm glad you're here. But in the here and now, the only thing that is going to make an impact in our culture and in the world is people who have made the decision to live the same way Jesus did, the same way Daniel did, the same way many Old Testament and New Testament characters said: if you are God, you have all the right to tell me anything to do. And if if I can figure out what you're asking me to do, I will do it without any question. But I don't know of a lot of American Christians that live like that. They listen to see if they want to do it. But that's not the meaning of the, there's a King James Version word that I really love. It's hearken. You ever heard that word, hearken? The word doesn't mean listen to see if you're going to do it. The word means to listen so that I could get it exactly right. Because you're predisposed to do anything that you're commanded. Now, our team has been trying to live kingdom for several years now. God, anything you ask, we'll do it. Just tell us. I, I would do anything that you ask. Please share with us. And as he starts to share stuff with you, uh, one of the things that you need to expect, and I'm asking you to... Uh, to think about this as you make the decision whether or not to live kingdom or not. If you make the decision today, listen, I've gotta repent, like Jesus said, turn around and now the good news of the kingdom is here. I want that kind of life, okay, I'm gonna do it, Lord. Now, in that decision, I am asking you that if you make that decision to live kingdom that you would expect your life to be full of high character, high integrity, and full of the power of heaven. Oh, yeah, because people who step back into that relationship, uh, miraculous things start to happen. You read it in Daniel, all over Daniel. Read Jesus, You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see. And he's saying, I'm not doing this on my own strength. You're looking at me like I could do this on my own. I have just stepped back into the dependence on the Father that everyone was created to live by. And you should expect there to be power. I have so many stories of uh, crazy signs, miracles, and wonders happening in the ministry and in the streets. Now I, I, I remember one time we were praying for somebody, and, and the, they used to have like uh, colorblindness. They received their sight back when we were praying for them. They're like, oh, she's crying. Oh, man. I can see, I can see color, I can see color. And don't get me wrong, I love that kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff. But my sense for today is one of the most impactful stories that I've ever um, been a part of was I was down in um, Central America in Panama, and we were with one of our friends who was uh, one of the um, high-ups at Toyota. I don't know if you remember this, but about almost 10 years ago, Toyota had a really difficult time because they had to do some recalls. And they were. I remember news about, man, I'm not sure if they're going to make it through this because that's how extensive the recalls were. Before that happened, my friend, in prayer, and he just senses from the Lord, go and apologize to every one of your managers. He was over 600 people, but he had to go to the managers. Okay, Lord, what? He's given instruction by the Holy Spirit in the middle of Toyota. All right, he says, I'll do it. So he makes uh, appointments, single appointments with every one of his major leaders and, and managers and goes down there and says, listen, uh, I, I believe in, uh, in, in, in Jesus. I'm a follower of God most high. Uh, I feel like I'm supposed to apologize for you for the way that his, the, the atmosphere that has been set here. And I ask for your forgiveness for this, this, and this. I'm going to start having a prayer meeting um, uh, about a half hour before each workday starts. We're going to have it at this certain space. Please don't feel pressured to come. But if you'd like to do me and some of the others, we're going to be meeting there. And they start to pray together. When the thing hit Toyota, his was one of the only divisions in all of the world that kept making money during that time. And you know what? Just like with Nebuchadnezzar, there was people in Toyota who watched the whole thing and said, I can't even believe this is happening. Who is this guy? That's what you want. That's what you want. Do you really think you're going to be able to reason someone into the gospel? Here, the whole gospel, actually the gospel message that we've been preaching rests on the fact that people think they're sinners. People don't because to think that you're a sinner means that you you have, we have the the monopoly on good moral behavior, and we don't anymore. What What is truth? Like Pilate said to Jesus, what is truth? Just because you tell me I can't live with my girlfriend, why should I care what you think? I don't even believe in that scripture that you, that's not who I am you're not gonna be able to reason them into the gospel, but through the power of the kingdom of God coming through your life, you can shock people into the gospel. (laughs) Just like King Nebuchadnezzar, he's out there minding his own wicked business. (laughs) just defiling the earth everywhere he went until he met someone who says, I'm only going to serve God most high. And then this Daniel and his three friends shot King Nebuchadnezzar into being able to say, I want to tell you about some miracles. God most high, his kingdom is eternal. He's going to be king forever and ever. You're like, King King Nebuchadnezzar, when did this happen? (laughs) Ran into some kingdom people. ran in some miracle power-filled kingdom people, and could Daniel ever even say that it was his own strength and power? He actually told King Nebuchadnezzar up front, I could never, no one could ever interpret this, but there is a God most high, and he's the one who did it, and I want you to know that it was him. He wants you to know that his kingdom is eternal. You just one of the little people. And my question for real, For us today, my challenge for us is are you willing to lay down your life, your life, step back into the relationship that Jesus exhibited for us and to say, anything you ask me, God, I'll do it. Yes, sir. I want you to fast every Monday for you. Yes, sir. I want you to fast every Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, pay for their lunch over there. Yes, sir. Hey, pray over that, that young man. He's coughing so hard you can see. Just pray. Just, just. Yes, sir. You, if you can learn, he, you're going to get so many more commands. If he knows that, hey, I just give this little command, to, and they're off to the races. Hey, don't worry about getting it wrong. I would much rather get something wrong, running to do something that God told me, than to get something wrong because I made the decision, I don't know if this is God or not, I'm not going to try. Have wise counsel. Get wise, get wise counsel. But in the middle of it, and you just sense it in your heart, and it loves God first, and it loves your neighbor as yourself, jump in it. That's kingdom, people. And that's the way Jesus lived. That's the way his disciples started to learn how to live. That's the way Daniel and his three friends lived. That's the way we're called to live in this culture that we're, we're in right now. And it will be full of miraculous power. I'm not saying you're not going to have problems because you may have extra problems. Forget about it. Just like Daniel and them, just like the three Hebrew boys, King, we're not going to bow down to this thing. Our God is well able to serve, uh, save us, and he will. But even if he doesn't, we're still not bound to you. Right. But he's going to. But we're not going to. But, but we're going to still. But, <laughs> it's the invitation to step into the kingdom of God and that kind of relationship. It's not an easy decision, but it is the true gospel. Yeah. Give all you are to the one who paid everything for you, and glorify the Son, glorify the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. It's not American Christianity. It's kingdom lifestyle, and it's an invitation to everyone who's willing. Expect, though, when you step back into that relationship for miracle kind of power to work wherever you're at, no matter what job you have. You should be coming up with stunning solutions to problems on your job. I do want to tell you that this lifestyle actually requires that you spend time in prayer silent before your God, just like Daniel and Jesus. That makes sense? Yeah. Well, Heavenly Father, we're standing before he, you right now to uh, ask you to help us do some real business in our hearts right now. We know what you said about the heart. That it's deceitful above all. Who can know it? So would you help us to know our own heart, please? Would you help us to know our own heart? If we're, if we're really just messing around and we really don't want anything to do with that kind of lifestyle, please make that known to us. If we've kind of just been in and out and toying with the Lord, and, but really think we are serving with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, make that known to us. If we're having doubts and reservations and fears, about what that kind of decision and what kind of lifestyle that might bring. We're Afraid that you might tell us to do something crazy, Lord, calm our fears and show us how gentle and kind you are. But Lord, there's some real alarming things going on in our world. There's real violence, just like in Babylon, going on in our world. We don't want to talk about a God who did things in the past. We want to brag about a God who is doing things right now. So we give ourselves fully back to you to use as a vessel for your glory and to exalt the name of your son. Do it here again, God.